0: Well, thanks so much for joining me today, Will. Really excited to get into to your journey and your path and your vision and mission of what you're working on now. Uh, but let's, before we get into to the Impact app and, and a lot of things you're doing now, let's let's go back a little bit and talk about your journey and path because you lived on, you know, both sides of uh, big finance and sort of on the other side of dealing with big nonprofits and allocating, you know, capital on, on a lot of different sides. So just, mm-hmm. I guess, walk us through your journey, man, up to this point.
1: Yeah, thank you for the question. You know, I'm so grateful to- to be at a point where my life is starting to make sense. There's, as you said, like I've been in these kind of two polarized worlds and the environment that I grew up in versus like where my passions drew me to as a young man. And and even before that, there seemed to always be this kind of like polarization or this butting of heads between the two. So I grew up in a town called Greenwich, Connecticut, and there is a lot of finance money in that town. And I'm sure a lot of you know that my father founded interactive brokers and so even you know before i can remember i'm sure i was picking up on like the rules of finance the marketplace the flows of these things and so like, I, I kind of consider that I was steeped in it from an early age. And so I always kind of saw things a little bit through that lens. And then I think the first thing that I did that really brought me to like my passions was I started doing Knowles courses and NOLS is stands for National Outdoor Leadership School. Hmm. And so that got me out of Greenwich, Connecticut and I would go on these first one was I backpacked 300 miles through Alaska. That's when I really dropped into the natural world and how important that was for me and my well-being and how connected I was to that. The other thing that my dad did a great job of teaching me when I was younger was was about nature and like evolution and how all of these systems in the natural world work. And so I always, even when I started to grasp an understanding of both these things, drew a parallel between our economic systems and our ecological system. And so I saw our ecological systems really functioning in a balance where you know every single member of that ecological community has a role and is, is accounted for in some way. And so then I would look at our economic systems and start to see holes there. So I think Knowles was a big thing for me. I then went uh, in college, I studied ecological Uh, environmental studies at CU Boulder and I recall like I had to take economics classes as well and I recall very funny the things that like stand out to you in your memories is like really really clear and I remember the exact day where they, they taught us about the concept of externality and that concept is like there is a thing like either you know the impact of creation of a good or service that is left off the balance sheet that's unaccounted for and that that's okay (laughs) that's like what an externality is and that's okay I just remember like th- that's not okay. Just thinking that that's not that's not how a, a holistic system can function in a healthy way. And those things, those externalities are really we're starting to see the impact of those in, in real time right now. Those are the health like the health of our common. And I also remember very clearly in college learning about the, the tragedy of the commons and how that was kind of taught as a fact that commons don't work and we don't have them and we have this like, you know, private capitalistic system and through growing up i found that that's very not true like we do have commons commons are the health of our air the health of our oceans the health of our lands what happens over here affects what happens over here everything is impacted by everything and so that's kind of the the formulation of what i kind of set my sights on doing with my life was to internalize externality to shed light on the things that are really some of the most valuable things we have on this planet and bring those into how we look at financial flows both you know through charity or investment and you know something I like to say is every investment is an impact investment it just depends on whether you're aware or conscious of that impact or not right <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> so yeah that takes me to takes me to college and another really big kind of seed moment was that I started working on regenerative ranches in my summers when I was in college so I I would, wow. I worked in Colorado and Montana. It was super fun. You know, I got to saddle up my horse at sunrise and go ride out and move cattle, and like it was, it was such a good thing to do as as a young person. And there was this huge aha moment one morning where I, you know, I was riding out to fix the perimeter fence of the property, and these ranches were were regeneratively managed. Something called the Savory uh, method was mm-hmm. was in, it being used there, and. I remember seeing this very, very clear line between our side of the property and the neighboring side of the property, which was managed traditionally. And our side was like green, lush, healthy, It was holding water. It was moist. It was, you know, looked really healthy and and like valuable. And then right on the other side of the fence was like dust. And, you know, we're starting to see a lot of how our land management practices create deserts. They're desertifying land everywhere. And I just started wondering, like, this is so clearly better why isn't everybody doing it this way and soon after that uh, we added some of these regenerative ranches into our family portfolio and i started to see the flip side of that which was that they generally break even to lose a little bit of money while traditionally managed ranches are profitable and that's when i started to connect this externality principle and started to realize like the value that's being created of a healthy ecosystem which i think today a lot of us can agree is one of the most valuable things we have on yeah, this planet totally. is come completely left off the off the balance sheet, it's unaccounted for in our economic system. And I identified that as a massive problem and one that is deserving of devoting a life to. And so next chapter was, we set up a family foundation. So I have two older sisters that I'm very, very close to all of us really drawn to the natural world, really like find that really have that strong connection. And you know, our generation, we've started to see the real devastation of our our environmental natural world in in real time the fastest it's ever happened before and so we started at kind of a young age when we started to piece together like whoa dad is not just like normal dad he's actually you know he's he's, <laughs> yeah. he's created a lot of, of wealth and maybe one day we're going to be able to actually make change with that and so we pushed for a long time eventually we set up a, a foundation that gives grants to ecological and social causes and I was tasked, and I was, at this time I was living in Northern California at a like regenerative community, learning permaculture and you know really working with the land. I was tasked with creating the investment side of that foundation. So a foundation has to have 90% of their assets invested in something. And I was really challenged with coming up with an investment portfolio or strategy that wasn't creating the, for adding to the very problems we were trying to solve with our, our grant making. So again, like really drawing the parallel that that these worlds are not that separate. Philanthropy and investment. It took me over a year to come up with a portfolio that that was not adding to these problems. <laughs> And that's like, and that's me. That's somebody who has a lot of like, you know, people in my network who can, right. you know, support with with financial knowledge and wisdom. And so I started to think like, wow, how how is everybody expected to be able to do this if if it took me this long to do right. it? And I am happy to report we did eventually come up with a strategy and a portfolio that actually performs usually better than market so that also showed me that investing with this level of intention and authenticity actually performs well in your wallet too um so you don't have to make this trade-off between values and profit which i think a lot of people think when they think of esg and impact investing so we did eventually create that and then that was also when i started to recognize and give credit to the impacts of our financial systems and how impactful our you know our economy and investments are i then did a very strong pivot and moved from my you know little (laughs) permaculture community in northern california and i moved to manhattan and i was like i'm 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 going to learn this stuff i'm going to figure it out and i eventually started working as an analyst for a hedge fund and that was very eye-opening. And I learned a lot. I did that for three years. And at the end of those three years, I had to get out of there. I was like, this is almost life or death at this point. My, my heart was really crushed. My soul was not very happy. Seeing the, the foundational principles or values that our traditional finance world is based on, and seeing how these big decisions having that have global impacts, none of those global Impacts are really considered. It's really just looking at that single bottom line is is this going to make money or not? And I you know, was new and had to bite my tongue in these conversations. I couldn't really speak up. And it was just really, it was really challenging for me. And so when I left there, figured, okay, I've learned enough. The juice is no longer worth the squeeze. And I had to go lick my wounds in the desert. I moved to New Mexico and I took my dog and I was like, I'm just gonna go be in the desert with my dog and like heal and, and figure out what, how to integrate all of this. And so that was when uh, Bioneers is a, a huge, it's, it's a big organization in my life. I remember going to that. It's a nonprofit. And I went to their uh, conference when I was in my early 20s. My mom took me. And I remember being so grateful. I was like, wow, I finally found like, my people, my work, this is the stuff that really gets me going. And there's this whole community around all of this stuff. And very serendipitously, I find myself in New Mexico. And I didn't even know this, but the founder of Bioneers was one of the only people that I knew in New Mexico. And he's uh, like an older man. And I was always kind of looking for, you know, just older men who I respect in my life. I think that's a very valuable thing for anyone to do. And we went out to lunch and he told me that, you know, he needed some part-time support. And I eventually ended up working for Bioneers full-time for the next three years. It was an amazing environment for me to integrate kind of that experience of finance and then tie it to, again, the stuff that I'm extremely passionate about and see how I could, you know, draw a through line between these things and um, start creating economic systems that are tied to our ecological systems and not at detriment to them. Yeah, um, which is a huge challenge. I think a lot it's of us huge. are are, yeah. <laughs> are yeah. seeing this, and it's complicated, and it's challenging, and it flips a lot of the foundational principles of finance to, in order to create these systems. But I think we we really need it. That takes us close to present. I remember I was New Year's of 2019, and I was really i knew that my dad was going to be stepping down as ceo of interactive brokers uh, at our company party our christmas party so i was going from new year's in costa rica to our christmas party in manhattan and it was i had this document in my inbox pending whether i was going to join the board of interactive brokers or not and you know having that experience that i had in traditional finance in manhattan i was really kind of protective of myself as to whether I wanted to engage in that world. Again, I really did a lot of introspection as to like, if I make this decision, I need to make sure that I'm doing it because I can really add value here. I can be aligned with who I am and my heart in this environment and make positive change through this, this decision. And that's also the time that ESG was just starting to kind of bubble up and I saw like ESG I've thought of, I think it's a great thing. And I think it's just a baby step in the direction yeah. our economy needs to go, right? Mm-hmm. The coolest thing about it though, that I saw I could use to take it that that next step further was the amount of data that it that it leans on. So mm-hmm. the amount of data points we now have access to that are way more than just financial right. about any company. I started to see how that process that I underwent that took over a year of creating a values aligned portfolio Kind of aligned with you know my my dad and what what he always attempted to do was I could automate that and I could give that ability to our clients and make it easy and simple and fun and smooth. And I started to think about the impacts of that. If everybody's financial decisions were aligned with what was really near and dear to them on the inside, we would through that, you know, start to create a more harmonious and aligned. Planet, And I think transparency is a huge part, like a lot of times yeah. with public markets, you know, you're, you don't really meet the founding team, you kind of just click a button and all of a sudden yep. you're partnered. And these data points allow us to simply and easily in a sense, like meet the founding team, understand what the values are and the operations are of a company before we engage with it. And where our money is is you know it's there to yes like benefit us and and make a profit but it's also in energetically it's it's a tie to to those operations like we're supporting those operations when we invest in something and so that's when yeah the idea for the impact app kind of started to form and i also saw that ESG was going to become this, this massive wave. And we were a little bit ahead of the curve. If I could get in and start both internally and externally, so both with our company operations and practices, as well as externally creating tools and products for our clients to be able to invest in these ways. um, It was going to be a win, win, win. So that's when I decided to join and I made the proposal to really initiate and build our our esg branch of the company and you know that that brings us to date that's been my journey for the past over two years and it's uh it's been a lot and it's been really exciting yeah
0: no i mean it's 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 really kind of but it's really you must be like in a real great headspace now because those two worlds are really kind of inter- they're interjecting right now right they're coming they're coming together in a very interesting way but when you look at ESG right and like the popularity it's gained do you get kind of i guess since you're you've kind of been in it since the early stages do you get a little bit upset when you see some of these maybe like greenwashing or Do you help like not consult but like if you see somebody doing misleading things right because I think that's a lot of of this now with with consumers and, and clients like how do we know what is sort of truthful or not right yeah dealing with like you said finance has not been traditionally transparent you know Uh traditionally forthcoming with 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 certain things and how Uh do we know that the the people that have made you know extracted in these companies that have made billions and billions off of sort of you know extraction of the earth how can we trust them to make these pivots into you know, revitalizing earth and, and actually investing in them, make sure they do that. I guess the uh-huh. short question would be is that do you, do you roll your eyes a little bit at some of the ESG stuff because you're sort of so into it and you kind of know Totally, perhaps what the best way is.
1: Totally, I do, and you know, I, there's no, there's no blame here. Like one of the things that we're, you know, we've addressed this point already is that like the finance world and the nonprofit, social, ecological yeah. world have always been really separate. So, right, people now who've been working in this finance environment for so long, it's really hard to start to understand like yeah. how important that stuff is, just because they've been so separate for so long. So the biggest way to separate greenwashing from authenticity is to first acknowledge that greenwashing is a massive thing and it's very present and it's very out there. So don't just believe a word on a page that you read. And you know, we at IB have also, it's it's funny, I've started to understand how important marketing is. So like I've done all of these things within the company, but then I also have to spend as much energy and resources just to tell people that we're doing course, stuff. Yeah. And so within that I've looked at how do we make it so that you can tell that our actions are authentic and not greenwashing. And the, the tactics that we use, and I would I would suggest anybody look for these things are data points like back up the word with a data point that actually Mm -hmm. proves that you have done these things and are putting your money where your mouth is so to speak and then i think it's looking at people one of the things that i always look at first in a company is is the team you know and and start to do a little digging on you know what what are the values that this person really stands for and try and find some some speaking, some speaking opportunities of somebody because we can tell in, you know, usually you could tell listening to somebody if they're authentic or not. And so those are the two things that, or three things, like acknowledge that it's there, look for data points and and try and do a little digging into the team.
0: When you, when you look at, let's say regenerative ranching, right? Or regenerative farming, regenerative agriculture in general is mm-hmm. there's so many interesting startups out there doing some phenomenal things been grateful to, to have interviewed a bunch of them but you know they're not public companies right so like a lot of people can't really invest in them you know and that and that's sort of a you know a sec thing uh, you know around being an accredited investor and all this stuff so i guess how do you how do we look at the public markets and find esg like relevant companies right in the private market there are a ton like there are amazing Mm -hmm. companies doing unbelievable things yeah but normal people can't invest in that right so most people have to go to the public markets to try to find a similarity right but it's very tough because these are legacy companies and they're not they cannot be as innovative right as these startups they can't really (laughs) shift and pivot that quickly so i guess how retail investors can we look like can you find really impactful ESG companies in the public markets
1: tough and some of them, and we're starting to see more. So like the, the, what I see is like this ESG movement and this impact investing movement. It's it's somewhat of this like toroidal loop. It's as people start to invest with that methodology more, you know, one of the challenges that I've always found a little disheartening about public companies is most are, you know, once you go public, you're really beholden to shareholders and creating shareholder value, which is financial. As we start to, we all have to, work together in a sense to say that we will put our money with two words companies that are acting in a values aligned way. And that, you know, it's this money is supposed to be, and I think we've gotten really far away from this, but that's, this is what this movement is about is bringing it back to stand for true value. Money is supposed to be a representation of value. And we've gotten away from that to a degree where the value has just become money, but it's not necessarily tied to something of real value. So if we start to walk in that way and invest in value, not necessarily money, the money will follow. And, you know, some people can make those decisions, some people can't. And we're, you know, we're starting again, like I've been a it's been a common debate, honestly, between my dad and I as to whether like this style of investment is is uh, valid or not. And through my life and my investment decisions started to prove to myself because I honestly doubted it too, that that it totally is. If we invest in line with like, if something that we really care about, chances are a lot of other people really Care about that too and so it's going to become valuable as this information becomes more and more transparent so yeah it's, it's somewhat the word i mean it's, a, it's an intense word but it's almost like a revolution or a, a a total like evolution of our financial systems is going on and as you know one of the cool things and this is one of the main points that that i made in getting our whole esg initiative approved is you know millennials there's these two um Two statistics that that are really impactful, which is a millennial or you know, younger generation is four times more likely to spend more money on an ecologically friendly product than less money on a mass-produced product. So we're starting to see, and I think this is due to the internet, money and value are like, you know, we'll we'll take a little bit of a hit because we're actually creating this, this real value here. And it's one of the one of the funny things uh that I've come across is I do a lot of work philanthropic with with indigenous communities. And, you know, I think that that Earth-based wisdom and way of being of of consciousness and awareness is really what is needed now. So we need to kind of like couple that way of being with our modern technologies in a degree. And I remember talking with someone who's kind of a brother-uncle figure to me, and he was asking me this question. He was like, why is it, Will, that when, if you already have money, you can't spend money on anything unless you're making more money? But if... you." but like if you know when i go to the store and i buy a tube of toothpaste i'm not expected to get the tube of toothpaste and my money plus some back (laughs) and so i you know there's there's i think people are understanding that that it's sometimes worth it to Put your money where your mouth is and say like i'm gonna pay for this thing because of the value and impact that it's having is worth it and that i believe will turn the tides and also end up making those things far more profitable than than things that are not doing that
0: totally agree man that's kind of been you know the mission of of this uh of the Clausears platform is kind of showing the power of your dollar right you know mm-hmm. you can still use that to mass benefit not change your life right because like everybody you know, can't go somewhere and volunteer, or everybody can't do this, or everybody can't do that, but everybody can buy toothpaste, right? (laughs) Like that is, we all have these common things that we purchase and buy. And uh, I think, like you said, with the data and the internet and just information and education, it's just being more available that it allows consumers to make different choices. And uh-huh. those different choices can have a really powerful impact on the back end. Downroad effects that that happen when somebody makes a, a purchase from a company that looks at these things as valuable. Like you said, you uh-huh. know, they look at different things as valuable. And uh, I want to go back to one thing you said before when you were on that ranch, when you were working on that ranch, you kind of said, you know, you looked at this side of the fence and it was like, you know, beautiful, like green, like plush. And like, they were just sort of barely getting by, right? They were kind of, it's like kind of profitable, like regenerative farming or ranching. And then the other side was like dusty, broken down, but they're making so much money. How do we look at those things and say, how is this regenerative ranching side? What is the value of restoring the land, replenishing the land, having the land be sustainable for future generations? How do we put value? on like taking care of things mm-hmm. rather than the value of extracting things. It's a hard thing to think about, right? Just because mm-hmm. generations, generationally we've been taught that, you know, money is like services and goods, you pay this, I get this at scale profitable. Like, mm-hmm. I think we get that, right? How do we kind of take a, a similar mentality and look at value that is created in maybe not goods and services, but the value of restoration of reforestation of sustainability? Are regenerative? How do you put value on that type of thing? Like, I think that's kind of where we're trying to figure out like, how do we place value on that?
1: Totally. Totally. I mean, there's, it's so many people are at that edge and it's on, It's where I am. It's where um, I started my own organization a, a little bit over a year ago. Uh, that's really, really focused on, on that exact problem. Well, not problem, but solution, like finding, finding answers to that solution. And it's, it's really like, we've got to really open up our brains and throw out a lot of the stuff that we used to believe about about what's what makes money and not. And it's really super exciting. Honestly, there's there's so many good people like coming up with and it's, you know, it's somewhat like, uh, again, I tie a lot of this to to an ecological system. So if we look at like a a jungle or a forest, this is a little anecdote I like, like, if we look at like a huge tree, uh, like a huge save tree, that's like the tree of life in avatar one of these massive (laughs) forest trees. And it is it is providing so much for the ecosystem. It's like tons of little critters are living in it. It's their home. It's providing food for so many things. It's providing you know, oxygen and, and health to the forest. And we can tie that to, in our economy, a large institution uh, or a large belief system that is mainly an institution. Like it's giving people paychecks. It's providing mm-hmm. uh, shelter and food for these people. And when that tree falls, like it's a terrible day for all the critters that live in that tree, but it does happen one day it falls and then there's this big space where all of a sudden sunlight's coming down and there's all these different species that are trying to grow up and eventually there is a huge tree standing there again and i see like that's that's the space that we're in right now with kind of tying you know how to bring ecological value to the forefront of valuing that through our economy and so there's all these ideas that are popping up and it's such an exciting space and one of the things i mean blockchain is massive i think in in coming up with a solution for this and that's what's so cool about blockchain is that it's so many different currencies can exist within it that are backed by different things and our world is more complex, I believe, than just having one currency that stands for all value. Um, And so with blockchain, we can actually start to create this, this environment where tokens are backed by different forms of value. And, you know, I think Carbon markets have been around since the '80s. This man, was first- was just, that was my next question. Man. that was my next
0: question. Yeah, be, yeah be to it, it. But yes, elaborate. Go ahead. Go ahead.
1: It's uh, I mean, we—they have not been great since the '80s. We've been trying right. to figure this out. And what is the problem? I believe with with carbon markets is that it's either a incentive for sequestration or it is a justification for pollution right. and depending on the price and regulation of these credits is is that line is whether they're you know you're just paying a dollar and and i remember when i first started getting into carbon markets it was like three dollars for a ton of carbon,
0: ton of carbon yeah. now it's I like think, 20 huh, or something like that.
1: It's going up, which is awesome. Yeah. But I remember when I first looked at it, I was like, "That's the cheapest thing there is, three dollars yeah. for a ton of something,
0: yeah. um <laughs> of anything. A ton of anything. I'll take it dollars—the <laughs>
1: cheapest thing." And that's the problem: is that you could like all of a sudden pay three bucks and then all and you know not be seen as right. polluting right. a ton of carbon. And as that price goes up and those regulations go up, it's starting to be really become an incentive, and we're starting to see a lot of people that are investing in carbon and. I carbon again, like ESG is the baby step we can start to, and, and this is, I think the most exciting thing that's going on right now is with these newer technologies, I call it like it's somewhat like the hundred monkey theory. Like we got into Fitbits as humans, right? We all of a sudden decided, oh, this is helpful if I can see these data points about the health of my organism on my wrist. Well, what is the thing that we all have to do right now that I think a lot of us know is we need to really start tracking the health of our earth. Mm -hmm. And we can start to, like. I think this movement is underway kind of in fit fitting the planet so we're starting to come up with these other technologies to be able to sense not just carbon but biodiversity and soil health and you know cleanliness of water and health of watershed and those data points can be uploaded into the cryptoverse if you will and have tokens that are tied yep. to them and so that we can literally make the decision and and this is my biggest advice to anybody who's wants to be conscious or aware and like kind of bring sacredness back to Back to the world i mean i think this is in the past the idea of sacred used to be such a such a thing you know we devoted so much energy to spirituality and religion and devotion and that energy in the western world is somewhat gone but we can see that it's really been imbued into the dollar and a lot of things about the dollar is now we consider sacred so it's really important where we where we put our money and what we choose to say is valuable with our dollars and i i really urge everybody to go like deep inside themselves and figure out what is valuable to me and have those actions be aligned and as you know that continues to happen we're going to start to see i think like that ecological value and the health of our planet and social communities becomes the most valuable thing that we're all putting putting money behind and that our original role as a species on this planet which is to steward the earth starts becoming our most valuable profitable profession that's that's the vision that's what I yeah that's
0: that's that's the game changer for sure i'll I'll end a little bit on the on the app yeah i gotta talk about the app yeah so the so the impact app and we were just talking about carbon and carbon credits or whatever and i kind of want to go in i guess how how do you put the the data points in there to spit out you know certain funds Right, that are presented mm-hmm. based on value to 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 a user is mm-hmm. is like carbon credits. One of those is that is that a, is that a line item on a balance sheet that you look at if a company has? Does that get put into the algorithm mm-hmm. within these funds? I guess just talk about the app itself. I guess what it does, what it is, and maybe how like the funds
1: are chosen. Totally. And so the the flagship tool of the app, the main functionality of the app, which was you know the seed idea was to automate a way for people not just to like invest in es or g but to really personalize the experience so i noticed that like a lot of people have the mentality when they go into the investment space of kind of like i'm here strictly to make money i don't really trust other people, like, you know, like there's, there's that headspace that people go into and, and we leave a lot of the heart or human centric aspect of life out of it when we go into that space. And one of the, the really things I love about the impact app is when you first log on the, you kind of have to go through this process where the first thing it asks you is what do you care about? Because we all need to be in consideration of that when we're investing. And so you go through uh, this series of values oriented questions where you can rate from this is neutral to this is the most important thing in the world to me. And there's a sliding scale. The way that we did this was we pretty much, we were originally going to base this off of the SDGs, which were uh, sustainable development goals put forth by the UN. And we were going to use all of these SDGs and then look at the universe of data points we have access to and and clump these data points into each value. We saw that when looking at the investment space, the SDGs weren't the most efficient th- things. So we actually simplified it a little bit and came up with our own values. And the intention was really to create a holistic set of values that speaks to you know, the, the whole swath of what people could care about when investing. And so we clumped the data points, tied them to values. And then when you go through this process, you rate this is important or very, very important to me. And it kind of creates this, you know, like an avatar of your values self. And so when you then, if you upload your portfolio to it, if you already have a portfolio, it will rate your portfolio each position based on how aligned it is with your values. So you'll see uh, a letter grade in the center, we call it our, Thank you, we call it our uh, impact lens is is this little graphic and in the center of it is a letter grade and that speaks to how aligned your whole portfolio is with with you and around the edge is this segmented ring that's color coded and so if the ring is like this kind of uh, somewhat like sickly looking yellow. That is speaking to a specific position in your portfolio. That's out of line with the values you've stated to care about, and you can hover over it and it'll say, you know, you've said that you care about ocean life. You have this company that just was, you know, noted for dumping a bunch of toxic sludge in the ocean. This is out of line. If you want to further align your portfolio, here are companies that are in similar industries with a similar market cap that are more aligned with your value. And one feature we think is pretty slick is the swap feature. So with the click of one button, you can just instantly move your assets from this company over to another company. Mm. And you'll see your letter grade go up and you'll, you know, that feels good.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, like that's, and this goes back to the ability to do this and get these immediate sort of scores. It goes back to the data that we were talking about a little earlier, right? Like, totally. I guess, talk a little bit about how data gives us the opportunity to actually change the way we invest our money the way companies behave because now you guys you know built something where it shows or score based on you know what these companies are doing right based on uh-huh. data points that you've pointed out to be you know detrimental to the environment or you know diversity in the c suite or whatever the va- the variables uh-huh. are i guess just talk about data and and the possibilities there and it it feels like we're kind of just scratching also the surface of of, of what we could do with data
1: the biggest kind of uh, variable here is to these tools and it is the data and how accurate the data is and how real time the data is And that's one of the most challenging parts with ESG depending on what data provider you go to you're going to see different scores for different companies and it all has to do with their strategy of how do they collect the data and so. We're you know, one of our biggest commitments is to continue to evolving our our suite of data providers to be the most current and accurate. We currently use two different providers, so it's a combination of two different things, which we think the the combo effect of these is is the most accurate for the time being. One is called True Value. True Value is a relatively newer company, but what they do, and I think this is pretty smart, is they only look at, information that's brought out about a company that is from a third party source so they don't look at sec filings or anything a company puts out about themselves because like when we're talking about ourselves we have rosy colored glasses on and we want to like kind of make ourselves look good so they they kind of bypass that and then we couple that with uh refinitive which looks at sec filings and information that a company puts out about itself And so we kind of, we blend those two scores to come up with, you know, our custom score. We want to continue to, to develop which, which data providers we use and stay like best in class. It's a huge undertaking to, to to match data points to every single company about everything that they're doing. So that's the biggest, that's the biggest place where we're going to keep, you know, the whole ESG space is going to keep evolving and getting better due to that.
0: Last question, uh, would be around the future around success, right? Or or what does success look like, you know, for you and we can, we can go down the road of the, the app itself or you know the foundations you're a part of or the the nonprofits just it could be personally but like 3 or 5 years like or over the even next decade, I guess, what would success look like for you in, in sort of all the realms that you're living in?
1: The thing, well, One Small Planet's the name of the organization that I, I came up with and founded a little over a year ago. And so I, I'm splitting my time between these two things. They're very related and linked, but as far as the impact app goes, you know, that's just the flagship tool and and that's kind of the seed idea, but the 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 whole idea is yet to really be launched. And so we have the impact lens, which is the main feature. And then we also have a charitable giving aspect. So you can, you know, through your values, it'll also assess charities that you can give to that are aligned with your values. It's also a research tool and a trading tool. So my favorite thing to do on it is is really just research and it'll guide your research based on the values that you've said to care about. We're going to soon launch a social media component so that you can like meet people who have shared values, discuss their investment strategy and, and share and learn with each other. Crypto, we recently launched on the app as well. And currently it's it's kind of elementary, but we are really excited about evolving that offering to have some of these newer tokens that are linked to more specific yeah. value sets. And so like my idea of success with this app is just that more people start investing in this way and more people start becoming yeah. conscious of how they're investing their money and more people start investing their own money. So the thing that I noticed is like investing, even just the word is, is, you know, daunting to some people and it's, it's scary and a lot, it's like, because of the terms that are used. And so a lot of people will say like, I don't want to do this myself. I'm going to give this to an investment yep. advisor and they're going to do it for me. And in my opinion, that's somewhat like skipping out on our responsibilities as a yeah. community member. Uh, we need to be aware of where that money is going and this app makes that easy for people to do. And so the more people that are investing their own money and investing in this, strategy whether it's through the impact app or whether this impact app motivates other companies to launch similar tools just the more people doing this and you know as we start to see statistically the amount of people that are doing quote unquote really just are you aware of your impact or not yeah that, yeah. that that's success and then we start to see companies the big success is we start to see this accountability and transparency change actions and decisions and operations of management and leadership and other and other companies so that's what success looks like to me is more people like more people doing this and really like bringing money back as an accurate transparent reflection of what people believe is valuable that's that's what success would look like to me through the impact app uh interactive brokers it's so exciting it's you know it's a it's a big ship and it's you know it's it's been around for a while so making change in something like that is is not overnight and but i i love the process and it's really you know getting getting the company to understand and authentically embrace these changes and why it's important has been just really it's really fruitful to me personally like i love the journey and i love seeing seeing this change be made and so the more that that company becomes conscious esg friendly environmentally friendly and then starts offering these tools it's you know it's somewhat of a lineage thing for me it's like that was the thing my dad created and and it's my like honor and joy to be able to evolve it and make it better for for our modern times so that's what success looks like on that side and then uh through one small planet that's really like again like proving this concept that pure you know investing from a pure values lens so we have four uh, one of the things that's really um important to me in my life is is our elements and being aware of the foundational elements that make up Ourselves and this planet, you know, we have the four we have fire, water, earth, air. And really, being aware of the principles of each of these elements, and like devotion to and appreciation to these elements, is a big part of my life. And so, one small planet is kind of broken down in that way. We have four pillars of financial flows, and they're all somewhat financial flows. But fire is our impact fund, and so we make profitable impact investments that are aligned with our core values. And as as the world is changing, that's one of the most exciting things. Is like there's, there's there is so much money to be made in investing in line with values. So that's our fire fund. Then we have water, which is our philanthropic arm. And so that's where we give grants to, um, again, aligned uh, charities with our values. And then we have earth and that's actively regenerative land projects. So actually sequestering carbon, bringing, bringing health Mm. back to ecosystems. And as we're doing that, we're also piloting new technologies that are going to be utilized and needed for our regenerative future and then as we're also starting to see the eco marketplace come up like as we regenerate and create more of these ecological value on these lands those are that also starts to become more valuable and then air is kind of our networking component and so that's where we're going to be releasing content and kind of learning in public so that people can come yep. on and you know figure out what's what's at the edge of this this regenerative you know i love that there's even a term for it now like regenerative yeah. finance uh it's awesome yeah.
0: yeah yeah i like the uh nature market is really interesting too like there's so many there's so many interesting elements of, of this sort of new regenerative economy that is being created in real time. You know, Like you said, we're kind of doing it in public, right? We're just kind of learning on the fly and building an entire new market in real time in public. But that keeps it, I think, pretty transparent. It allows people to kind of educate themselves on what they can get involved in and what they want to invest in or what they want to donate to, whatever it may be. I just think it's really as much of a shit show we have in the world, right? There's so much. You know, drama, bed, it's a it's a lot. But like, man, the people I talk to every day, there there's optimism in, in, in things uh-huh. that people are creating and tools that are being, you know, utilized to to kind of you know get us to where we want to go, right? And get us to that to that next generation and that regenerative economy where everything we do has an impact on the world. It's just not an extractive one, but it's a renewable one. That's that's a powerful thing. And it's possible, man. Like you said, all the tools are they're gonna be there. As long as we totally. keep investing in them, you know, it'll be there. But thanks so much for, yeah. for taking the time. Man. Yeah. It amazing conversation. Best of luck for for the next deck maybe, my man. And, and just keep loving the grind. Keep creating good stuff.
1: Yeah, man. Thank you so much for the time. It's been an absolute pleasure. And, and thank you for what you do, man. Like shedding light on all this stuff and the amazing. Uh, it's just like we got to keep the hope, keep the faith. The answers are coming. They're going to be there. So thanks for shedding light on that. Really appreciate you.